from CNU 23 in Dallas, this is the Strong Towns Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone back at CNU 23. We're closing the day out here on Thursday. And I, I really wanted to speak to Sinclair Black before we got done. I've got Sinclair here. I've got Hayden Walker, uh, a couple of architects from Austin that I was uh, good enough to be able to spend some time with last November, see some of the, the great things they're working on, some of the interesting projects they've got. And I, I wanted to have you two on to talk about some of those. So welcome to the, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, let's talk first of all about, I, I'd like to start with Second Street and I'd like to have, get your story of that. And I know you've put it together in a, a great streets book includes this story, but this one in particular, we, we walked the street and you kind of talked about the transformation that occurred there and it was incredibly compelling. Could you just give, give us a little overview of that story? Well, it was a typical 80 foot street. Uh, probably the most recent building on the street at that time was sometime in the 30s, and it would have been a light industrial thing or storage. It was a one-way street with hideous traffic. Yeah. In Within the 80-foot right-of-way, 10-foot sidewalks, which meant a 60-foot right-of-way. Right. And uh, we have found one picture of it from a few years before the Great Streets program, took over, and uh, it was uh, it was hard to find one picture because it was not a place anybody would go and certainly would not take a picture. <laughs> no one's going there to photograph <laughs> its greatness at that point, right? No. <laughs> no, it was miserable, and the traffic had made it worse. Yeah, yeah. So the traffic had been switched to one way at one point in combination with First Street next door. And first, first Street was headed east, and Second Street was headed west, and they were both hideous. They're both pretty darn interesting now. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're incredibly compelling now. Talk a little bit about because I, I, I think one of the interesting things for people not, you know, not here. You look in, and you're like, oh, well, this is beautiful, and obviously they must have had widespread support and everybody just went along with this and it was all easy uh you know that wasn't the case though right i mean this was not something that just happened overnight because everybody agreed this was a great thing to do you guys had a vision and and it was kind of a a difficult slog to see it through right very difficult and everybody didn't go along with it i would say probably if a hundred percent of the people that knew about it 90% 90% of them thought it was a great idea, and then there's always the wing nut. Right. Or right. a number of wing nuts. Yeah. They're always yeah. very noisy, and they're always in the way. And they, and the council, you know, city council gets hung up on anything that one person opposes, even though a thousand might support. Right. Right. Um, that street has the, the city hall on it now, today, uh, which is kind of a... It, it, it's... It's one of those buildings that is kind of, is kind of remarkable in a number of ways, and really creates, uh, I, I think, like a book, a, a great bookend on that on that particular block. What what is it about a great public building like that in a space like that 
that can kind of activate it and tie it together? Well, it's uh, the street would be as well off right now without it. Sure. Uh, the, it was a symbolic gesture to put it there. Uh, it's, a, it's a very visible place because it's at the end of a bridge coming from across the lake from the south. It's sort of a, 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 a mark, a, a stake in the ground for downtown next to the lake, which is very important. The building is not so remarkable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, it's just another architect's attempt to get published. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, having said that, you know it's as it's as accomplished into inside the chambers and right, the atrium, right, as it is naive and sophomoric on the outside. I think that's a fair that's a fair statement. We we enjoyed some of the inside space when I was there with you, yeah. And it was it was very nice. I mean the the whole kind of pass through and it, it was it it flowed well with the street. Well, it, that's right, and even though you have to go through security, about like an airport. Yeah, there, yeah, you got that. Really stupid. I don't know who invented paranoia, but <laughs> that person ought to be shot. <laughs> Ironically. Ironically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys are, are working on something that you've called the Project Great Streets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously very, you know, timely conversation in a place like Austin where you still suffer from a lot of the one-way couplets and you suffer from uh, the desire to have high speeds and congested traffic, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the lethal combination. Talk a little bit about the inspiration for this and, and what Project Great Streets is. Well, Project Great Streets was kind of our realization that um, our office had helped write the Great Streets Master Plan for the city of Austin in 2001, and, you know, now 2nd Street is the, the impl- first implementation of that plan. Uh, it covers actually the entire downtown, 306 blocks. So it'll be amazing at some point when it's all built out. But 2nd Street's the initial piece, and it was initially just those four blocks. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the economic development along that street and, and the use and the, the way people love it and experience and talk about it and come to see it when they come to visit Austin, it's really great to be able to see that in action. So, you know, part of, we published a little ebook on our website, projectgreatstreets.com, and a lot of the point of the book is to say not only is this a great people place, but for an initial city investment of $8 million, the property tax value on those initial four blocks is over a billion. Right. Um, yeah, it's it was, transformative investment. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Go ahead, Sinclair, please. Well, it's, that deals with those first four blocks. Right. If you look at the remainder of the street, which dead ends essentially at both ends, mm-hmm. uh, in major, major developments. The largest development just outside those first four blocks was a, it's a 400-room JW Marriott. It's not counted in that number. Sure, sure. So you add close to a half a billion dollars to the billion dollars that Hayden just mentioned. Right. Well, as luck would have it, there's seven more blocks on that one street. Near the middle of it, it crosses uh, Congress Avenue, which is a symbolic street in the city. Yeah. And then on the far east end is a convention center, and then there's another 1,000-room hotel by Fairmont, just beginning now. Right. And just south of that, 
not exactly on second, but on first, there's an even bigger mixed-use project than the thousand-room hotel. Yeah. On the so, west so there's end, a lot of momentum. On the west yeah. end, there, our new public library, and then there's a four-acre, net four-acre, uh, uh, mixed-use development of a total probably of about a billion dollars. A 40-story high-rise was announced last week. Okay. It's fascinating to me because Austin has some fantastic places. And Second Street, you know, some of the stuff, the, the Master Streets plan, all, all, this is some really great, great work uh, that, that has an amazing vision for the city. Yet we also see the city doing some kind of crazy stuff. I, I just got the congestion mitigation plan a couple of weeks ago from Austin. I don't know if you've seen this. It was released like in the last three weeks. Uh, it was a like a six-page plan. Nowhere did it contain the words land use, the word zoning. Uh, it, it was all about what went on between the curbs. Right. Don't block the box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how do, you know, so, so to me there's this really strange uh, mix of thought going on. Mm-hmm. Keep Austin weird, but the, the, the planning and zoning sometimes and and the way we build it is weird too right mm-hmm. i mean we're we're not necessarily um i think people look at it as a place with all this great stuff going on to me it has some of the great examples why are why is there still the struggle to maybe look at those great examples and say wow let, let's do more of this well, there, there are several explanations one of which is a national survey recently looked at about 150 or 75 cities and decided and came out with the, with the news. The worst planning in the United States is in the uh, city of Austin, Texas. <laughs> now, how did a report like that get done? It's simple. We're organized into silos. Right. And, right. you know, they look at the silos and say, well, what is congestion? Well, it's a, it's a traffic deal. Give it to the transportation guys. So it goes into the hands of a bunch of engineers who, who, who were actually the major resistance to great streets. Right. And anything calming a street. Because a great street is moving as many cars as quickly as you can in the traffic engineering realm, right? Right. <laughs> Completely different paradigm. Completely different paradigm. It right. had nothing to do with the, the value that's created, the value of the space, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of people that want to be there, the number of economic transactions that take place. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Austin has some... Uh, like the country's foremost great streets. Mm-hmm. Um, yet it seems like you have an active program. I, I don't want to say to destroy them because I think you're beyond, no one's going to let people rip apart Second Street, right? Right. But, but to not, it, like almost intentionally not build more of what has been shown to work really, really well. Yeah, I think it's, to me, part of the problem when you talk about congestion and traffic and how we deal with it is that you have the city of Austin that I think people more and more see the power of great streets and and having great public places. And Austin has always been kind of, um, you know, sort of an old hippie community, a lot of environmentalists. We love our parks. We love our river. But we're surrounded now by other cities and other jurisdictions, and we have most of the jobs and most of the tax base. We're the economic engine for all of Central Texas. Right. And the way our political structures are set up is that we're constantly overruled by either the MPO for the region or the state legislature. And so, you know, Austin is, I think, trying to do the right thing, but it's very difficult for us 
single-handedly to control that because most of the problem is people who live on the outsides who want big highways to drive into their parking garage downtown. Sure, sure. Uh, one of the, I think, most innovative things being discussed right now, or maybe maybe innovative is the wrong word, one of the big transformative things that you guys are involved in that's being discussed is the Reconnect Austin project. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, a modest undertaking, uh, but it's one of those things that I think in another city, not Austin, would not even be considered. But because of the demand to be in that place, the growth, the dynamics, uh, and, and, and the potential for wealth creation, this is actually a viable project. Can you explain what Reconnect Austin is and, and, and why it has a chance to succeed there? Well, it, what it is, is a proposal to uh, sink the freeway, actually bear, uh, cut and cap the freeway for about a mile to a mile and a half. This is Highway 35. This is yeah, Highway 35. Starts in Duluth, Minnesota. And winds from Mexico. Yeah, winds its way all the way down, and it yeah. runs right through the middle of your city. Yes, right. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's the NAFTA traffic route. And right. All kinds of, of problems. Physically, it's elevated most of that way. It's just a hideous barrier, yeah. to say the least. You know, you can attack it on air pollution, noise pollution, social injustice, whatever. It was put there in that right-of-way because the right-of-way existed. The city of Austin gave it to them. But uh, one of the real reasons, one of the real impacts is that it just so happened that the black and and Hispanic communities were all east of there. And so they were left with, what, one out of four, what used to be a street becomes... One bridge out of four old streets. Right. And well, so, you you no showed connection. me you showed me the old uh, an old photo, mm-hmm. and this is a place where people actually had taken photos because it was a beautiful boulevard. That's right. And that boulevard was essentially, you know, retransformed into an interstate highway, mm-hmm. completely divided the, the the city, as you said, the the poor, more disenfranchised people on the east. The wealthier, more affluent on the West. And, and that has really shaped generations of Austin now, mm-hmm. subsequently. This is a chance to, to reconnect that. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what's physically what's being proposed here? Well, physically, our proposal is, like Sinclair was saying, a cut and a cap. Um, so by cut and a cap, you're saying, let's take the existing highway right. and, and let's drop it down. Right. And then let's physically reconnect both sides over top. Right. Essentially make like a tunnel situation, but, but yeah. not by tunneling, by by putting something over the top. For, right. for the through traffic, it's a tunnel. Right. In other words, they have to decide whether they want to engage the grid when they get to downtown Yeah. with a boulevard on top. No buildings on the cap, just the boulevard. Right. And park-like atmosphere. Sure. Uh, or they want to go up sort of 10 more blocks and come back. So the furthest you could be from your destination is about six blocks anyway. And probably, even if you had a ramp on your street, you might be six blocks away. So right. it's, it's not a material difference. It's just when are you going to engage the grid, which, by the way, was nearly perfect. Right. The grid, the grid oh, is yeah. a prototype. Absolutely. I, can't, I don't know of a better grid. Well, and the, the fascinating thing about the photos that we looked at is the way the land use aligned to the, the, the boulevard that was there. I mean, the mm-hmm. buildings that faced it were beautiful. Uh, they really interacted well with each other. Even though there was a, a wide gap there because of the boulevard, mm-hmm. 
the adjacent land use was really, really productive looking. Now it's all kind of turns its back on it. Mm-hmm. You have got the big highway billboard signs and all that. But what you're talking about is actually something that has a chance to not only pay for itself, but become a, a real revenue generator by recapturing some of that space for, for productive development, right? It, it may be the first freeway that could ever finance itself in another life. Yeah. It's at the end of its life. Because this isn't about building a, a pretty park. This is, I mean, that's maybe one of the side benefits is that you're going to have some nice space yeah. and reconnect things. But you're talking about an economic development program that's going to make a lot of money for the city. Exactly. If you take the 320-foot right-of-way, we figure that probably 60 to 70% of that is wasted with sloping retaining walls and, and uh you know, frontage, uh, roads. frontage roads, right? And whatever, and the land uses are things like U-Haul trailer storage and worse, it, 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 yeah, pawn really shops, etc. It's yeah. everything you would expect to get in the shadow of a hideous freeway, right? It's all there. If you take that 120 of oh, that 320 foot right away and shrink it to 120, put all the lanes they said they needed in that, yep. cap it, and put a boulevard on the top so that your grid connects completely across. You just created out of that right away uh, a beautiful boulevard. Right. At one hundred feet on each side. Well, that's two hundred out of three hundred and twenty feet. Right. Becomes productive. So with my, we've had some experience with pretty dense buildings. Right. Uh, uh, residential and mixed use and what have you. So we applied that to all the blocks individually. Yeah. Some at 130 units an acre, some at 80, some at 60, some at 40. Which, which is not, in another city, this is why I say, this might be crazy in another city, but you actually have the growth and demand for this and more. Well, at the rate we're growing now, you could fill up that uh, 30 acres right. created uh, in probably 10 years. We did a 20-year build-out yeah. and came up with a, at, at uh, 50 units per acre, Blended average. Yeah, yeah. We came up with $3.2 billion yeah. uh, of tax base creation right. over that time. Now, uh, Joe Manicosi needs to get into this discussion with us. Oh, and, he's and such a silly guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it would be lovely. Well, the work that he did for you guys in Austin is really remarkable. It is. We cite it all the time. Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> let, let me ask you, as, as kind of a way to close this out, I, I, one of the things that's remarkable about CNU and about Austin in particular is that you have a real active group of people mm-hmm. in Austin who I, to me are kind of like the, the, the traditional CNUers. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean the roll up your sleeve, let's try to find a solution to a problem, let's get her done kind of people. Mm-hmm. What's it like to live in a place and, and, and interact and really be leaders in, in a crowd that, that thinks like that? It's got to be fun. I, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's wonderful. Very creative and a lot of energy and Austin's always been the kind of place for people who are involved in seeing you and otherwise who, you know, like to talk. And the rest of Texas yeah, yeah. makes fun of us and says, oh, you've missed so many opportunities because you were talking instead of building. Well, we would have highways through our downtown right. if we had just accepted the money and said, sure, build whatever you want. Right. So it's really exciting and fun to be working in that environment and, and exchanging ideas and, and coming up with these you know, I think people thought we were kind of crazy when we came up with this idea initially, 
Um, but there are great precedents all over the country, including the Clyde Warren Park right down the street here in Dallas. Sure, sure, right. Um, so, it, you know, it's not such a crazy idea. It's just that people didn't know it existed in other places. Right, right. Please, Sinclair. Well, I, I just wanted to say I think uh, having the university in Austin is a huge issue. It's, right. It's a, it's a huge economic issue. It's a huge intellectual issue. Our average education is way high in the, in the community. And I have to confess that I've been teaching in the School of Architecture for 46 years. Yeah, yeah. And part of my agenda from day one was to help create a breed of people to do just what you described. Yeah, yeah, so. beautiful. Well, you've kind of seeded a, a, a next generation of leadership there. And it shows, too. I mean, there's a lot of... When I was there in, November, in October of last year and gave a talk... You guys packed the house. Mm-hmm. There's 300 some people, and there were a lot of young, enthusiastic people there mm-hmm. who said, you know, I, I, d- despite the affordability issues, despite the, con- you know, the, the, the difficult transit system, despite some of these things that maybe would, we want to be here. Mm-hmm. And we see a future here, and, and we like this place. And I, that's a, that is a real testament to that seeding work that you guys have done. So perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chuck. I've, I, uh, I enjoyed my time in Austin, and I look forward to coming back. And you guys were amazing hosts. Uh, so, and, and thanks for taking the time. I know you had to run up here after a session, but I wanted to make sure we squeezed you in because I wanted people to, to hear about the great work you're doing. We hope you come back, too. So. Oh, no kidding. I will. Give me uh, the website again for the ebook. Yeah, it's projectgreatstreets.com. Projectgreatstreets.com. And you can use the hashtag on Instagram or Twitter. Same projectissues.com, and um, we uh, just we'd love feedback on the ebook and you know more ideas. All right, thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your CNU. America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Who made the city? I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.